Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team. Hi, it's season six, episode 15 of the Tottenham Family Podcast. My name's Jav, and um, joining me this week for a special midweek edition of the pod is Spurs fan and screenwriter Joe Barton. Hello. Hi, Joe. Um, uh, Joe, you're best known for um, uh, being a screenwriter for, amongst other things, um, the fantastic Jerry Hadji, which is which is on, on air at the moment, um, Humans, um, amongst other things. Um, we'll talk a bit, little bit about... Um, Jerry Hadji, which is a fantastic TV series, um, some of your work, um, obviously what's going on at Spurs at the moment. Um, but first and foremost, how did you get bitten by the Spurs bug? Um, it's it was quite it's quite a convoluted um, story. Oh, we we like convoluted. Okay. Um, it was I was about um, six years old, I think, and. I was sort of just starting to get into football and sort of becoming aware of it. And I, I think, I don't know what it was, I think maybe it was Football Italia had started on, on Channel 4 or something. There was a reason why I just started, I hadn't been interested in football and I started getting into it. Um, and I thought, well, God, if I'm going to get into this, I need a, I need a team to support. Um, so I sort of was on the lookout for one. And I, I, my dad isn't really a football fan and, and neither was my mum or my sister so I wasn't I had no real um, guidance uh, about where about where to turn I, I remember asking my dad I don't know why he didn't just say support the local team or anything which I think would have been Crystal Palace because we were living in uh, South London at the mm-hmm. time but, um, but but I didn't have that so I was on the lookout and I thought well what I'll do is I'll just watch the first football game uh, that I can see on the telly and I'll support you know, one of those teams or whoever, whoever, whoever takes my fancy. So I watched um, the first ever game of football I watched uh, that was available was the uh, 1992 European Cup final between Denmark and Germany. Um, so I watched that and and Denmark won that, and I thought. Oh great! Well, I'll just I'll just be a I'll just be a Denmark fan. It's <laughs> quite a stupid child in many ways, Jeff. And I so I, I thought, well, well, I'll just be a Denmark fan. And then that quickly, that quickly became apparent that that was um, uh, impractical because like it's very hard to follow the Danish team in the nineties, especially there wasn't a lot of football on the telly, and and, I, and I'm not Danish either, um, and none of my family are. So I thought, well, I, I gave up on my first love of Denmark. Um, and went looking for a more sort of practical team to support. And my cousin, who's a Liverpool fan, lent me some football videos. Um, and one of them was the Italia 90. Like, you know, when you get those videos, they just show you the whole tournament, like yeah. a sort of review of it. And I was, so I was watching that. And um, there's that moment, uh, that really famous moment in the, in the semi-final with Gaza. You know when he gets his when he gets his yellow card and he starts crying, mm-hmm. um, and I was watching that, and it was the bit that really got me from that was then it's not ga- just Gaza crying, it was that um, you know the bit where Lineker 
looks yeah. over and does that. Watch have, him. have a word with him. Have a word with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah points to his eyes and points. Oh, it's just like I don't know. It was something about that. I was just, oh god. Um, it's really stuck with me. These two sort of brilliant players, obviously sort of mates and cared about each other and the whole sort of emotion of the moment and the drama of it. And I, I did a little bit of um, uh, research on it and just found out, you know, I, I don't even think they both were at Spurs lap. I think they were probably just about to leave. Or yeah, left. that's right. Yeah. But they were both, both had been Tottenham players. That just really stuck out to me. And then my cousin lent me this 1989 to 90 Liverpool title winning video I think he wanted me to be a Liverpool fan but just when I was watching that I just saw the the two games with Tottenham in and, and it was just um, I don't know man it was just that feel was something about seeing that team you know that's with the just had those the white shirts the holster on them and just I don't know it was just you know when you just see something it just makes sense to you. <laughs> like, oh, yeah them that that's 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 my team so it was that it was a it was a culmination of a, a bunch of different things you got uh, hooked in and you haven't looked back since yeah exactly and do you know what in some ways I, I, I quite enjoyed the answer that you get there is no right and wrong answer with this um, it, it is whatever the answer is but I quite enjoyed listening to what you just said there because the bog standard answer that somebody might give is well yeah, my old man was a Spurs fan and I went with him and his old, old man before that and, and that's fine you know but that isn't the case with, with everybody and, and with yourself there was something that sort of hooked you in and yeah. you've obviously not looked back since the history of the club suddenly it becomes your history suddenly you know you you um you you go back and you and you read about players from yesteryear etc and uh yeah, I, and I, I know exactly what you mean about that Holston shirt as well, because I, I started supporting Spurs around about 90, um, off, the, off the back of um, Italian 90, the 1990 World Cup, and I, I was 9, 10 at the time, I wasn't really interested in football, and I just suddenly got hooked into it, and that shirt, there was something iconic about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It was. It's just amazing. It's Yeah, just something about it just, yeah, it just sort of grabs you straight away. It's, uh, yeah. And who's your favourite, well, who's, who's your favourite current player? Which I, I suppose is a bit difficult given that but they haven't been playing particularly well at the moment, but that might skew your answer somewhat. Uh, <laughs> my favourite current, I think it's got to be Son. I think, um, I mean, there. I think that there's a couple of candidates and my, my, my son... He's eight, and he's a massive Spurs fan. He's just—I mean—he lives and dies for Harry Kane. It's just you know, and that, he's such a sort of Roy the Rovers type and that. But I don't know something about Sonny Man. He's just—I um, mean, a—he's amazing, obviously, and and he's you know incredibly exciting player. And and there've been times where he's just sort of single-handedly dragged us out of the mire. Um, I think it's that combined with just he seems really nice. <laughs> he seems yeah. like the nicest guy. Um, and I think there is something about, you know, just he plays with a smile on his face. He's obviously completely dedicated to the game. You know, when you read interviews with him, he's dedicated to being the best sportsman he can be. And he talks about his upbringing and his dad and all that. But he obviously, I think, I think you know, the whole team obviously really loves him. Uh, and he just seems like a, a genuinely you know lovely bloke i mean that the whole thing reason i mean that you know the really sort of unpleasant uh gomez ankle injury and you just saw the way he reacted to that and you saw he's genuinely uh just a you know <laughs> a really nice guy um who is also really good at football and <laughs> and plays for us so i would probably go for him good choice and favorite all-time player 
favourite all-time player. I was thinking about this. I was like, I just never go for like something like some sort of left field choice, like Steve Bronk or something. That's <laughs> <laughs> the weird one. Like, I, I, to be honest, I think my favourite sort of for ages, my favourite was Jermaine Defoe, who isn't like he's not like you know, it's not like Klinsman or Jill Larson, but. I don't know, man. There was something about Jermaine Defoe for me for ages. I, I like that he was a slight underdog in the team. And he's definitely not the best player that's ever played for us. But he was always behind, you know, what was it, Keane and Berbatov and all mm. these people. But I, there was something, I just love that he he was just on the pitch for one reason, man. He just, all he wanted to do was score goals. And whenever whenever he was playing for us, I just, oh, you always felt there was a chance. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's there's some... It's the difference between having strikers like like him or like Pavlichenko or, or someone like that. You're like he's on the pitch, like he might score, but he probably won't. But I don't know something about Defoe. I just loved how he was always slightly he slightly played second fiddle, but he's just a natural goal scorer. I just loved him, man. I absolutely loved him. Absolutely, no, and, and those sort of players, those, those natural goal scorers, are few and far between. And I, and I know that over the last. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the period of time I've been following Spurs for 30 years, we've we've had some great strikers, but we've also had periods of time where we've not had very prolific strikers, and it's been it's re, it's been really frustrating. And and we've we've you know we've ventured in, into the into the transfer market and and bought I don't know Sergei Rebrov or Helder Postiga or whoever it might be, yeah. Darren Darren Bent, and 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 expectations have been high and they haven't really lived up to it. But he was one of those that was prolific and and did did get goals. Um, and uh, and I think there was certainly a connection with the fans. Um, and favourite, I mean, it's a difficult one, but a favourite game or a favourite moment following Spurs? Yeah. Um, I, I think my favourite game was the 5-1 semi-final against Arsenal. I, I, just, I remember going to watch that with my mate Ian, and we went, I was living in Old Street at the time, my stereotypical hipster media (laughs) (laughs) we walked into this sort of slightly dodgy pub um, which I think is like a craft beer house now or something quite nice but at the time it was all quite dodgy and it became very it was apparent very quickly that it was very much an Arsenal pub Um, but we were able to sit there quietly because we thought we'd probably lose anyway we probably won't have a chance to celebrate any goals and then I just remember that game sort of kicking off and it just becoming apparent that we were going to absolutely batter them <laughs> as it went along. And I think, I, I mean, those were in the days as well when we just, you know, Arsenal always beat us. Mm. Uh, it was a semi-final and it was, I mean, they slightly played their beating, but by the end there was some good, they had some, proper, I think Adebayor was having a fight with Van Persie or something. By the end, yeah. it was just brilliant. It was beautiful to watch and then obviously we went on and, and won the whole thing and, and I, I just loved it and by the end me, me and my friend were just audibly sort of screaming, <laughs> screaming every guy went in and then to be fair to the, the many many Arsenal fans in there they sort of they didn't uh, physically eject us from the Premier they were sort of quite good natured about it um, but it was great I just loved it so we'll, we'll talk, talk a little, little bit more about Spurs and, and uh, things that are happening um, at the moment shall we say <laughs> topical in a bit um, but I let Let's talk a little, little about a little bit about some of your work. So I I've been watching this fantastic TV TV series. Well, I have watched it, I should say, uh, Jerry Hadji, which is on BBC Two at the moment, uh, and for having the whole series is available on, on iPlayer. And I finished watching that a few weeks ago and ran about the same time. Um, I can't remember how I, how I stumbled across you on Twitter. I, I must have been 
looking at Jerry Hadji related content and then I, I, I saw you on Twitter and then I noticed that you were a Spurs fan, etc. Um, and I thought, well, why not? Let, let, let's, let, let's, 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 let's bring you on the pod. Um, for those who haven't seen Jerry Hadji, tell us about it or, without, I suppose, spoiling too much. Uh, yeah, man. Um, it's Jerry Hadji is it's a sort of um, it's what well, I suppose is a crime thriller drama mix. It's um, story of a Japanese detective who uh, has to come to London to look for his uh, little brother who he had previously thought was dead, but who pops up in London uh, accused of committing a murder. Um, and this Japanese detective has to come over to London to try and look for him. Uh, and while he's there, he meets uh, a, a London police detective played by Kelly MacDonald. Um, and the two of them hit it off. And it's sort of a combination of, of detective story and uh, relationship drama between them. Uh, and I've tried to... Uh, so how would you... I mean, how would you describe it? Sort of what, what genre? Because I've tried to, to sort of tell people this is really good but yeah. is it a thriller is it a, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's got moments of dark comedy i would say or comedy in it it's yeah uh, it's a bit sort of genre bending i think i mean we've been calling it a soulful thriller which sounds quite pretentious but that's i think kind of what it is because it's not just a straight up crime story it, a lot of it is about the relationships between the characters and and, and the sort of drama of it all so I, I i mean i don't know it's slightly between genres which means it's been quite hard to to advertise or to know how quite to sort of market it to people but yeah it's a kind of violent romantic japanese crime drama thing it's it's one of them i i saw the uh, i don't know maybe about a month or so before it before it aired, I saw a trailer for it, and I thought this this just this just really looks really really good, and um, it it's got elements of it's probably nothing like Kill Bill, but it's got elements of of, of it that remind me of Kill Bill, um, and I like the sort of cartoon intros at the beginning of each episode, um, but it's yeah. I don't know it's it's um, there are. I, there are certainly violent elements in it, but it's not violent in the you know I would say in a gory necessary way, too much. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's got it's got its moments, but I yeah, I, I found it I just found it a really really good 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 TV. It's one of the best things I've seen. What what was the inspiration behind writing it? With the idea came about it's quite a long time ago, about sort of seven years ago. My um, my girlfriend had been she just started doing a forensic crime science masters at, at UCL and she'd come back um, and was telling me uh, all about her first day and uh, about the sort of other students on the course and they were all sort of people in their mid-twenties like she was and um, apart from one one guy sitting at the back who was this 40-year-old um, sort of middle-aged Japanese man who sort of kept himself to himself and quite sort of reserved and, 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 and quiet. And um, it turned out he was a detective from Tokyo that had been sent over to learn about Met Police forensic um, techniques, something like that. And um, it was just something about that seemed like just a, a really interesting character that sort of reverse lost in translation kind of vibe to him. And um, 
so it was just that really just having had that character in my in my head for a while and i would just pitch it to people occasionally and, and eventually a couple of years ago pitched it to uh, jane featherstone who's the producer of the show who i'd worked on with um i did a show called humans and we worked on that and she was looking for ideas and yeah just sort of pitched it to her and then um bbc and netflix got involved and we developed it out and and, and it turned into to what it is you mentioned netflix we've we've got um obviously listeners in the uk but we've got quite a lot lot of listeners overseas do, uh, do you know when it will air on netflix for the, for the benefit of people who... yeah january it's january netflix january and then it's everywhere apart from the uk on netflix and then i think it will be on british netflix sort of halfway through next year yeah but it's on my player at the moment absolutely and um i noticed that there was a it's not a big reveal, but I noticed in one of the episodes towards the end, um, possibly the penultimate episode, um, one of the characters, um, he uh, they show his bedroom, and yeah. he's clearly a Spurs fan. Did, was that was that something that you deliberately put in there? Yes, mate. Always. Oh, I try and get a Spurs reference into every script I write if I can, um, either like a character name or something. Um, and yeah, but usually they get cut out, but this one stayed in. I was really pleased. The director, I mean, the director's this Australian director called Ben, uh, director that episode, and he was like, um, it says in the script that, yeah, like, loads of Spurs stuff in the room. Like, is that important to, to the plot? And I was like, no, not at all. But it's just for me. Um, so yeah, I was really happy to get all that in. And um, there's a couple of Spurs references in it, but the, but that was the one that I planned. The um, There is a character played by um uh, actor called charlie creed miles he's this sort of gangster character in the show and he's he's this sort of guy he's covered in tattoos which yeah which, which we had to sort of put on him draw on him every morning but part of the part of the sort of planning for that character was 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 planning what tattoos he was going to have and um charlie's a big arsenal fan and i remember like pre-production they the the makeup department coming like oh these are the, this is the tattoos that charlie wanted and um one of them was on his knuckles it was f-o-y-s <laughs> like absolute not <laughs> like, no <laughs> put my foot down um so i think he does have a small arsenal tattoo on him but I, I managed to get rid of that but i remember seeing another scene which is in the show set in a toilet was in a bathroom and i wasn't on set when we filmed it and i was watching the the rushes that day all the footage they shot and in the background one of the art department have written um shite heart lane on the toilet door and i was like, oh, so annoying <laughs> <laughs> um so there's a couple of like anti-spurs messages in there unfortunately but but yeah we've got a bunch of bunch of Tottenham memorabilia i'm gonna I do usually try and get some in. I'm gonna have to go back and back and back and. I, I, I was always sort of when I watch a series that I really like, um, I'll watch it again, but I but I, I tend to leave a little bit of a gap. Um, come back to it. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna have to look out for those things. I, I presume that the the toilet scene that you refer to was with Rodney. Yes. Yeah. 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 Everyone has a flashback meeting me his ex boyfriend. So yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah, and it's right in the back. It's kind of out of focus. Luckily, I was almost like, can we like, can we get, can we sort of use computers to digitally remove it? And they're like, no, that is that is very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got that in. I did a film called The Ritual a couple of years ago, and there's a there's a scene in that where all these characters are putting these um, mementos to this other character that's died, and managed to get one of them put in a putting a Spurs uh, Spurs scarf in there as well. But it's actually quite difficult because you've obviously got to get permission to use the stuff. Mm. 
this will surprise you, but Tottenham are actually very difficult <laughs> to deal with. <laughs> I've um, no, that doesn't surprise me one single bit. Um, I, I did. I I've done. Um, I did. I did a couple of podcasts um, at their training grounds. Um, this is this is about about three years ago. Um, when the spurt of Tottenham, Tottenham ladies, Tottenham women were um, they're in, at the moment they're in the WSL, so top, top um, division of, of ladies football. But but back then they were in the third tier. Um, they weren't getting as much coverage as 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 they are now. And they just got to a cup final um, and approached the club and I and I said, look, there seems to be very little coverage, and I'd like to. Like to interview a couple of the players, you know. I, I didn't really think they'd get back to me and say yes, and lo and behold, they did, and it was fine. And um, they even said you can come down to Hotspur Way, um, and I went there on two two separate occasions for that year in 2016. So that was all good. But then when it came down to sort of practicalities and what we could put in the podcast, what questions we could ask, etc., um, the even the intro music I use for the pods, um, it's it's got charm some chants at the beginning and it references um the y word and yeah. they were like no you've got to take that out you've got to do this you've got to do that they were quite difficult so that, that doesn't surprise me one single bit um well, i was watching um another tv series recently um the capture on yeah. bbc one and that had lots of spurs references in it yes. um to the point where not just one of the characters was a Spurs fan and, 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 and they made reference to to that, but also the new stadium featured. And I, I can see that going forward because we've got this brand new, shiny new stadium. I can I can see that, the backdrop of that or that featuring a lot more in, yeah. in TV, TV series. They're very savvy. I mean, they do want to sort of monetize that thing as much as they can whether it's yeah telly or the or nfl or anything but yeah that was my my um mate ben wrote and directed the catch and i, I texted him last night i was like okay oh, on the spurs podcast like what what <laughs> why was it why did you use the tottenham stadium and i think he's like he's not a spurs fan or anything but he was just like yeah it, it, I, I think they i think they were sort of encouraged to be able to do it and i think they filmed in the first the first game there or something or, but I, I think yeah tottenham can I think they are good at using the image and the assets that they've got um, when it benefits them. <laughs> I think they're a good business. Yeah, yeah, they're a, they're a sound, sound run business. Um, with with Jerry Hadjo, or for that matter, any any other TV scripts that you've worked on in the past, do you have any involvement in the in the casting process? I did. For, I did for this one. I did for Geary. Um, mm-hmm. This is the first time. Uh, I, you know, like, like occasionally people will send you sort of like casting lists in the past, but it's just really to sort of show you, and they don't listen to you, your suggestions and stuff. But yeah, for this, I was involved in, in the casting, um, which was really fun actually. Um, like particularly the Japanese casting, which flew over to Tokyo and and did all the auditions and stuff. Um, so yeah, I got to I got to be part of that, which was cool. And how did you, moreover, how did, how did you get into script writing? Was it something you always wanted to do? Did you stumble into it? Yeah, I sort of always wanted to do it. I, I always wanted to, um, like, make films or make telly. I, I used to, well, I suppose I still do, but I was really into the idea of being a director um, when I was younger, and, and I, I did a film course at uni. Um, and I, I graduated from there, and I was like, oh, God. 
like I want to be a director or a TV director or something. Or, but I, I hadn't like absolutely no idea how to go about it. And I, I, I thought, you know, I should probably try and make a short film or something. But I didn't have a camera or any actors or, or anything really. And I, and I just the script writing was just something that I could just do like straight away. You know, I could. I didn't even have to. I could just sit on the sofa and and, and write something, and I didn't even have to leave the house, which really appealed to me at the time. Been quite quite sort of lazy, and I thought I can just sit down and write stuff. And um, and it at, at the beginning it was sort of means to an end to try and try and use that to becoming a director. But then it, it, I don't know. I just sort of picked up and and started going quite well, and just became the thing that I did for for its own account. And yeah, I, but yeah, I've always wanted to to work in this industry and in a creative way it's you know been a great way of doing that you mentioned um uh, something else that you worked on previously humans um which is, again that's, that's another one of my sort of favorites um things on on tv in the, in, in the last few, few years um uh, is there anything that you're currently working on that we can look forward to further down the line i mean there's like a bunch of stuff I, it's all sort of development at the moment there's um there's a tv series with sky which it's quite looking quite good like it might happen um i can't say much about it though but it would it it it, it would be really good it would be <laughs> really good if it happens um i'm writing that i'm writing a couple of films i'm writing a film for netflix and some films some other uh producers and just generally having sort of you know interesting conversations but that it's always the thing of you know just waiting for the next thing that actually gets made i think for every mm. 10 projects you develop maybe one will get made if you're lucky like it's taken me this long to get to get Geary may get one show but I feel like yeah something will happen but nothing definite is there is there a, and I appreciate that hope you know you've got hopefully lots lots more work ahead of you and and and, and many more productions but at, at this point in your career is there a particular thing that you look back on as as with, with immense pride or is it is it or is it all just you know <laughs> every every piece of work that's just regret. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's, there's some stuff I've done which which I like more than others. I, I, I think there was um, I did uh, I had a great time on Humans. I, was, I really loved Humans. Um, but there, I did a show called Our World War, um, which was a World War One uh, drama for BBC Three uh, a couple of years ago now. And it was I don't know if you've ever seen a documentary called Our War, which mm-hmm. is. Uh, like and a, sort of lots of interviews with soldiers in Iraq and that used um, sort of helmet cam footage and stuff like that. It was by the people that that made that, but it was a sort of World War One version. Um, and we did sort of three episodes of that, uh, and that was sort of the first thing that I was the sort of like, writer on. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we got sort of got some awards and stuff. I was, I was happy. I think that's on iPlayer as well. That might be on iPlayer, um, or it's available somewhere. But I was I was proud of that one. Um, but you know, I love I love all my projects. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, you know, if you do, you do one piece of work, um, and uh, it's it's successful, and then on the back of it, you've got another piece of work, and then that feeds in, in, into the other. Then then, then yeah, it, it's every every single one will, I suppose, mean something different to you. But they're all. Um, I guess they're all quite important in sort of the overall scheme of things, rather than yeah. necessary one. Um, let's go back to Spurs. So when I approached you a few weeks ago, um, I, 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 I had some questions or, on 
you know on on how we how we're doing this season and whether you were potch in or potch out. And then events happened last week which have <laughs> moved us on somewhat. So uh, thoughts on Pochettino? I, I mean, how, how do you feel about that? We, we had a question from uh, listener Matthew Moroney, his Twitter handle at Matthew Moroney six. He just says, "Have you got over the shock of Pochettino being sacked and?" Jose becoming the new Spurs manager. I don't know if I've got over the shock of it. It's still really weird. It's still really, it's still really odd. It was uh, even just sort of seeing him like post-match interview wearing the you know with the cockerel mm. badge on his on his gilet and stuff. It's still very surreal as an image, and to sort of get your head around it. it, it I, I mean, I. I, I I mean, we've only had like a week to to process it, but just the sh- I mean, I was really surprised when when Poch went, and maybe looking back, actually, shouldn't have been because all the signs were there. But um, you know, we got it, the news came out in the evening, didn't it? And I was sort of I was putting my kids to bed, and um, I read, "Oh, God, Poch has been fired," and I, I looked at my kid. I was like, "I can't tell him. Like, I, I can't tell him now because he won't, he won't get to sleep if I tell him. He'll be too upset." And it was genuinely like the next morning, I had to sort of go up to him and be like, "Look, I've got some, um, got some news. <laughs> got some news about Tottenham." And it was the closest thing I could sort of compare it to was telling him that the dog had died. <laughs> it was that level of sort of grief, you know, or like maybe like <laughs> sort of like a grandparent that was removed. Or you know, it was just oh, you know. Um, so it was a genuine surprise. And then Marina, oh, yeah. I just thought well, it must be just Rafa or or, or 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 maybe Brendan Rodgers or someone, but yeah, Jose Mourinho. It's just very strange, man. You know, it's kind of sinking in, and I'm, you know, it kind of makes more sense, you know, with with the chance to sort of think about it and and get used to it. But no, I'm I'm definitely it hasn't quite sunk in yet. I've got to be honest. And um, what was your what was your son's reaction next morning? Uh, uh, he was actually quite brutal about it. <laughs> he, he, was, he was actually like he was he was really surprised, and then and then I told him Marino. He's like, oh, he's yeah, he's uh, he's a really successful manager. He's he's won loads of stuff. That would be good because <laughs> he doesn't have the sort of the same kind of emotional uh, you know baggage that that we might. Yeah, have. it's it's in a sense of youth, I guess, but also yeah. I think that okay. So this is just a personal thing. I, I don't know if it's the same with you or other people, but when I was a kid. Probably when I was up until maybe when I was when I was a teenager, um, I, you know, I had favourite Spurs players. I've got favourite players now, but at that time, I, I looked up to the players. Mm. If a manager came and went, it really wouldn't have any bearing on me. If a manager that I perceived to be successful went and and uh, you know was sacked or something, and I thought oh, that was a bit unfair, uh, I could. I could deal with it, but it was really more about players. And now, perhaps because I'm older, um, all the all the players are younger than me. Um, uh, Pochettino is older than me, so I look up to Pochettino number one. And also, I, I, you know, I, I thought he was a fantastic manager. I know he didn't win any trophies, but I think you know the way that he took the club forward and 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 whatnot, and and the way that he conducted himself. So. For me, it's much, it's much more difficult to process as an adult. But I wonder, the young me, whether I'd be that bothered. I'd probably be be more, be more bothered if I don't know Harry Kane or Son or Delhi left yeah. the club. So I, it, maybe it's an age thing. I don't know. It may be. I, it, I think, but it's also he was such. Um, 
he was like your football dad though wasn't he right. there's something about him as a man i mean he, it is that thing with managers it is a different relationship because generally your favorite players will end up leaving yeah i'm used to players wanting to leave and like you know they sort of break your heart slightly whatever you know whether it's bale or berbatov or whoever or ericsson they, they they want to leave the club eventually it's just what happens but managers are usually fired it's very, i think quite rare for a manager to be like, oh, i'm off yeah i'm more used to them leaving not on their own terms so it's a kind of a different relationship but it's i mean pochettino just had such a massive impact on the club obviously you, you know just hugely positive influence on us and just but i think it's just something about him just generally as a man i mean to go back to that thing of i would like you know really like son because he just seems like a really nice but pochettino is just he, he was he was that whole he's very sort of i don't know he's always walking around hugging all the players and you know sort of very sort of emotional sort of kind of vibe to him and, and it, i don't know he was he felt slightly more than just a manager and maybe that's just because he's been he oversaw this incredibly exciting period of our history um but it definitely felt it, it felt quite sort of personal almost yeah um, so yeah sad. I, I, I always felt with Pochettino there was there was a bond between him and the players um Ooh. that that might not that might have broken down this season with some of the players I, I don't know we don't know really what goes on behind behind the scenes but so anyways felt that that kept that was the case previously and and both with the with the, with the players and the fans but I, I don't know. I, I sort of get a little bit frustrated at the moment when I see Jose, um, those photos or videos of, of Jose in training where he's putting his arm around Harry Kane and giving, giving, <laughs> giving Son a hug. Sorry. Don't touch him. <laughs> yeah, you know, and everybody, and you get like the reaction is, oh, look at Jose, look at, and I'm sort of thinking, well, but Pochettino did the same, you know, and and that's almost like forgotten about. And I think as fans. Generally, I think football. I mean, football fans that they, they will support the club, whoever's manager, whoever's playing playing for shirts. It doesn't really matter. And I, and I think a lot of people have already moved on, and and they accept that it, football can be quite brutal, and people can be football fans. I, I find can be, can be quite fickle. I, I I think it's what you said at the outset. It's very difficult. It's only been a week, and you're processing a lot of information at once. And it was it was less than twenty four hours where you went. We went from the shock of. Yeah. Pochettino to being beat, being sacked to the next morning waking up and Jose Marino's manager and 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 Jose does carry he he's a, a very successful manager there's not no, no argument about that but he does carry a lot of baggage and, and the clubs that he's managed so and it, it is strange seeing him sat there as manager of Tottenham Hotspur on Pochettino whether were, were there any I don't know favorite moments you had under Poch in the last five years. I mean, it's hard to just pick one, isn't it? I mean, to be honest, I mean, it was great. I mean, just he absolutely just transformed us, and and you know, I I I mean, the obvious one is the is the the Champions League run. Um, Ajax. It's hard to it's hard to beat Ajax. Mm. Literally, it's hard to beat Ajax. But it's hard to beat the moment of of uh, that semi final moment. I, I I just sort of. I, but I just loved the whole thing. I just I loved his sort of the series of. Um, contract renegotiation photos that they used to put up with him oh yeah yeah different players grinning harry wink signing something um but i even like the bad moments like the battle of the bridge whatever they could you know the sort of which actually wasn't a good night for us that whole mm. when we threw away that the two goal lead and essentially sort of ended our title run but there was something about the sort of passion and just um 
I don't know, maybe just the raw violence of just seeing all these Spurs players really sort of just, whatever happens wherever else happens we'll always have Eric Dyer and Lamella just <laughs> kicking lumps out of Chelsea players and then and Pochettino running on the pitch and all of that like, I don't know it just yeah it just felt like the whole thing felt like an amazing ride and and um there was so, there were so many incredible you know he got rid of St Torringham's day you know yep. all yep. of that you know I think we've got so much to to thank him for and and yeah it did sour at, at the end as it always does you know whatever mm. happens it always goes. I mean, look at Arsenal with Wenger. Because, you know, yeah. I mean, eventually it always falls apart, and and maybe it was the right time for him to go, and who knows what will happen in Reno. But it, it, it was amazing. With the benefit of hindsight, and, and, and which which none of us have, it would have been great if we just won that Champions League final, bust in the glory, and then two weeks later Pochettino had resigned. We would have probably been thinking what the fuck is that at, at the time but it would have been the perfect scenario for everybody concerned as fans we, we would have got that trophy we could have pushed on from there a new manager would have come in Pochettino would have left on a you know in, in a dignified fashion it, it's sad that you know results weren't what that were weren't good this season and and things had to end the way they did but um yeah you're right we 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 <laughs> We kept we finished above Arsenal for what I think it was for the last three seasons um, off the top of my head, um, and we, we we started challenging for t- league titles and, and getting to a Champions League final and becoming more consistent in the league. And we've got Pochettino to thank. I, 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 I'm sure you've seen it, but there was this um, this sort of quote going around saying, "Under Pochettino, we dared, and under Mourinho, we do." And maybe yeah. we we did. Maybe we did dare under Pochettino and we did you know push and challenge what we just unfortunately didn't do was just get over that line and hopefully from with um, Mourinho whatever anyone thinks of him I think thinks often and I'm not a great fan um he is a manager now and I and I hope that we all hope that uh, we can now get onto that next level and start to win some trophies yeah I think in a way, in a way it's good it was always good that it, that Mourinho is such a different manager to Pochettino like if mm. we'd have been like Eddie Howe or someone that it would just felt like you know Pochettino light like yeah like Pochettino or something but he's I mean it's just a it's a you know, it's a new chapter a very different chapter mm. and we'll we'll see I and mean, it'd be nice to win things, but you know I don't know that's it. um so Amazon Amazon is doing this fly on the wall documentary um Spurs at the moment that's going to be quite interesting um, with all that's going on um, with that in mind if you were able to write the perfect Spurs script um, that could come true um, what would it involve well, I was thinking about this. I mean I genuinely think uh, when we talked about it but that, that, that last season's Champions League run would if we <laughs> if we had won <laughs> that would genuinely have been the perfect script I mean it had every thing that you would look for in a sporting movie as completely ridiculous last minute comebacks against the odds um you know heroes and villains you, you know Kane getting injured and the other players stepping up and 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 everything just seeming completely I mean the and that's you know the difference between real life and, and movies though we, we ended with this sort of this sort of whimper at the end if you could mm. just rewrite the Liverpool game <laughs> the perfect Spurs movie or even just like even even if we lost a bit more um, triumphantly, you know, like Cool Runnings or Rocky or these other sort of sports <laughs> where they they fail, but they fail um, 
with with sort of a bit more <laughs> a bit more triumph than than the slightly sort of disappointing ninety minutes. Um, so I would, I mean, I think we all need slightly slightly had almost the perfect Spurs movie. But if not that, then I'd just maybe just you know, like it's a, a comedy road trip with Daniel Levy and Deli Alley having to <laughs> drive somewhere together. I mean, I'd, I'd probably watch that. It'd be quite good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> or just the Amazon documentary, which yeah. I think might in the end be. I don't know if I can watch. The, I don't know if I can watch the episode where Poch gets fired, but um, I think that's going to be pretty amazing. My, my um, uh, guy, I know, who, who works on works on Geary, it knows the um, the, the, the one of the guys who's working on that documentary. I don't know if it's the director or someone. But I just remember him sort of saying that he'd spoken to him um, or got a text from him after the after the Bayern game. Just been like, I'm sitting in the I'm sitting in the dressing room. <laughs> it's very awkward. I think, I think there's going to be some amazing moments in that, but I don't know. It's going to make it's going to make for good good TV. Um, it's a shame that it's our club. <laughs> but it's a shame that it's potentially it could be it could have awkward moments. But having said that, I think most Spurs fans are going to going to want to watch it because we're all curious. But I, I can see a situation where we start to watch it and then suddenly there's a cringe moment and we're like. Ugh. Um, right, a couple of questions, or t- three questions to finish off with. Um, so, uh, Sam Diggins writes in, um, he said, with the sacking of Pochettino, if you had to choose our next manager from our previous Premiership managers, who would you choose? So, here's his Harry Redknapp. That's who he, who he would go for. I mean, yeah, Harry was good. Um, I have a soft spot for Martin Yol. I'd like to see big Martin Yol back at, um, yeah I mean let's I mean give it back Tim Sherwood <laughs> just get Tim Sherwood back oh, great win percentage as we all remember uh, you know loves the club no I would go Martin Yol. Um what's AVB doing what's is he in Russia? I think he's no I think he's uh, well he was in Russia and I think he's doing he's left football altogether he's like doing like... world world car tour rally or something like that yeah well let's not bother him with it then yeah <laughs> Martin Martin Yol was a good 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 choice um good old Martin Yol. right um so I'll finish off with two these are reoccurring questions so over the course of this season um, each time I've had a new guest on the podcast um, we ask this, these two questions so the first one is from John Steggles and um, it goes New White Hart Lane has been taken over by an international terrorist gang and Daniel Levy at, at, and Daniel Levy and Jose Mourinho I, I had to amend this because um I, I, I think when I sent you the running order, it still had Pochettino on there. Oh, yeah. Anyway, they've been they've been taken hostage. So, which free players, past or present, do you gang up with a team style to free them and take back the stadium? Yes, assuming that we want to to rescue Jose and Daniel at this point. Um, so I would go for. I think you need you need someone small. And because there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of air ducts that need crawling through. There's going to be a lot of just you know you can like you know die hard crawling through lift shafts and stuff. So I would go for Aaron Lennon mm-hmm. first off, just for his just for his diminutive stature. Um, uh, then I would go for muscle. You need a bit of muscle. So I think maybe Dave Mackay, double yeah. bastard, um, or 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 Razor Ruddock, but I'd probably go Dave Mackay. And then I think. 
any of these sort of A-team, Dirty Dozen uh, type teams, you just you need a bit of a lunatic. You just need someone that's a bit nuts. Um, not to make light of any sort of potential mental health issues that you might be suffering from, but I would also go with Gaza. <laughs> just he's absolutely off the wall. So it's, it's interesting you, you, should, you should say that, that, that. I asked somebody recently um, who, who was on the pod, um, it was their first time this season, and they also mentioned Gaza. Yeah. And, and he would be the... Um, who was the crazy one in eighteen? Murdoch. He would he would be the the, the Murdoch type character. But the, 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 surely the, the 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 mission would just be aborted, or it, or it would go horribly wrong with Gasser on board. <laughs> He's just bursting through doors, knocking out Benjamin, uh, taking KFC, uh, Raoul Moke style. I, yeah, I, it'd either go really really well, or really really badly. Um, mm. I mean, I've got to be honest. I, 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 I think probably Levy and, and Marino aren't, aren't going to make it out of that one. So <laughs> we, we can save the stadium, though. Well, it, it is about the club, you know. It, it's about the club. It's not. It's not about. It's not about the name. So if, if Daniel Levy and Jason Marino happen to not survive, they, you know, they, can, they can take one for the team, as it were. Stadium, stadium's liberated. Um, but uh, they, those two don't make it out alive. Um, the other reoccurring question is from Sam Diggins. Um, and two Spurs players move into houses either side of you. Who would you like them to be? I just like the idea that any footballer is going to live in a terraced house. But um, I, I, for my neighbor, I've lived next to too many amateur DJs. And I, I, I just, for my neighbours, I just look for quiet, peace and quiet and boring every time. So I'm going for the older, more boring players. So... I put Larice down, but then I don't know. He does like he does like a drink, doesn't he? So, <laughs> um, I mean, Son lives with his mum and dad still, so I think that would be a relatively peaceful neighbour. Um, and as mentioned, I like him. I think Ben Davis would be a good neighbour. He seems quite dull. Sissoko, I can imagine. I can imagine if you had some sort. I imagine Mr. Sissoko would be very generous neighbour if there was a problem with you know sort of a hedge or a tree growing into your garden or something. I, I can imagine him getting up on the ladder, sort of trimming that back. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, you'd probably avoid any any of them that have really young kids, with the baby screaming through the walls. So I, I think Lucas Moore has got a baby, doesn't mm. he? He's, after he goes hat-trick, he's playing him. Harry Kane's got young kids. So is Lloris, I think. I'm probably going, I'm probably Sissoko and Ben Davis. Good choice. Just because they're dull. <laughs> they'll be, they'll be sensible neighbours so won't they won't, they won't like you, you can't really see Ben Davis holding a all son for that matter holding a party and, and making lots of noise um, yeah I would trust them to if I've had an Amazon delivery or something or, <laughs> I think Ben Davis would take that in and and look after it until until you came around with the little card I think I think you'd be very <laughs> reliable neighbour um, yeah. yeah not right. exciting <laughs> Okay, thanks, Joe, for your time. Um, so j- just a reminder that um, listeners in the UK can watch Gary Hadji on... It's, it's on BBC at the moment, on, on BBC2, but you can watch the whole series on iPlayer. Yeah, yeah. And, so, yeah, BBC2, 9pm on Thursday for the next two weeks, and the whole thing, yeah, is on iPlayer. And then list, our listeners overseas can catch it on Netflix in the new, in the new year in January. Yes. Um, and I'd also recommend. Um, I mentioned I'm a big fan of humans, so if, if you haven't watched humans before, check that out. Um, Our world's war. That's quite interesting. I, I, from what you were saying earlier, and I've, I've read a little bit, bit about about it, so I'm definitely going to check, check that one out as well. Um, we will be recording the next podcast um, 
this Sunday. It will be the day after the we'll be playing Bournemouth match. Um, until then, all that's left for me to say is thank you once again, Joe. <laughs> thank you very much, mate. Thanks for having me. No worries. And until next time, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.